So this for me is probably the biggest insight that I took away, that I've taken away in the eight months of wearing the Aura Ring is that caffeine has little to no effect on my sleep or HRV. Welcome to Gut Check Radio, the health and wellness podcast giving you the confidence to trust in your gut. I'm your host, Dr. Nick Belden, a board certified chiropractic physician and functional medicine practitioner. And just for those of you who are aware, the contents of this podcast are for educational purposes only and are not intended to diagnose or treat any condition and do not apply any of this information you hear in this podcast without first speaking with your physician. Gut Check Radio listeners, welcome back. Nick here, and I am super excited to be talking with you guys here on this Saturday in October. For those of you who are unaware a little bit of my background, I love to watch Alabama football. I am a, I probably use the, the stereo, stereotypical term, a diehard Alabama football fan. And to answer your follow-up question, no, I did not go there, but a lot of my family members did, so it gives me a good excuse to root for them. And today, being the third Saturday in October, they're about to play Tennessee. Alabama's ranked third. Tennessee is ranked sixth. So I am super excited. As soon as I finish the podcast, I'm going to go watch that game and quote-unquote veg out a little bit. But before doing that, I wanted to take this time to really inform you guys on, as the topic of the episode mentions, the Aura Ring and all about is it worth it or is it something that you should actually invest in and will it actually help you improve your sleep? I've been receiving a lot of questions both from patients and people alike. A, if I like the Aura Ring, B, if they think it would benefit them. And whenever someone asks me, hey, you know, do you think I should have it? That's a very powerful gut check moment for them. And so what I've done is I've created this two by two table that I will link in the show notes for those of you who want a, a visual to it. Essentially on the top bars, it's reasons to get the aura ring and reasons not to get the aura ring. So that's the two. And then the two, the other two column matrix or the two row matrix is does your sleep need improvement or do you want optimization with your sleep? And on that front, I would say without knowing anything about you specifically listening, it's hard for me to determine whether or not your sleep needs improvement or if you want to optimize. I think most people have a pretty good sense probably for the latter one, if they want to optimize. But I think a lot of people, especially having worked with enough people now, I start to understand that many people, they think the way they're sleeping is fine, but when you break down a lot of their symptoms, the timing of their symptoms, and you think globally about what's going on with their body, a lot of people need more improvement in their sleep than they think they need. But again, it's difficult for me to identify if that is you and there's various different questionnaires out there that can help you identify your sleep. The one that comes to mind for me is I think it's the Pittsburgh Sleep Quality Index. So I can even link to that in the show notes if anyone just wants to take that objectively. But let's get into it. Little primer or a brief primer on what an aura ring is. There's a plethora of podcasts out there that go very deep into the how the Aura Ring works, what its benefits are, what its functions could be. And that's looking at everything from a global scale. But I, what I will do is I'll link in the show notes to a very 
fascinating. In a very recent study that compared the accuracy of the Aura Ring to the gold standard, specifically for heart rate variability in something called an electrocardiogram. And that's something really important when we're studying a lot of these consumer wearable devices is we want to study them against the gold standard because the gold standard is what is used in research settings and in medical practice. And that for studying heart rate variability, the gold standard is the electrocardiogram. And the gold standard for sleep stages is the polysomnograph. Again, the study that I will link to is comparing the Aura Ring to the gold standard for heart rate variability. So if for anyone who's interested in geeking out a little bit more, you can click on that in the show notes and give yourself a little bit of fun and deep dive down into it. So if your sleep needs improvement, what reasons or what are some reasons there are to get an Aura Ring? Number one, if you're someone who struggles with accountability, if you're someone who feels like you need a coach or something to give you objective feedback or just something to help you feel accountable, I think obtaining an Aura Ring is a really great idea. And to build off of that, the sheer purchase of an Aura Ring, because I believe I believe it's around $360 a year, and then you pay a membership fee after the first 18 months of about, or maybe it's, it's anywhere between 12 to 18 months, and I think the price is around $7 a month, which if you think about that, isn't crazy expensive considering the amount of information and data you can obtain from it. So I think the sheer purchase or the sheer price of that purchase, hopefully, will help you feel committed. So I think the overarching thing, if your sleep needs improvement for a reason to get it, is if you want someone something to help you feel accountable and committed to the process of improving your sleep. The, the other reason is it can help you identify patterns in your sleep hygiene and in your overall habits that you were previously unaware of. One of the really cool features that I love about the Aura Ring is that there's a place where you can add tags to your day. For example, I can add days where I had caffeine, days where I didn't have caffeine, days where I slept in a hotel room, days where I was in a plane. And what you can do is then within the app, it's, it's a super cool feature. You can scroll through and see your average HRV, your sleep, your sleep score, the amount of REM sleep, the amount of deep sleep you got on days where you didn't have caffeine, had caffeine or slept in a hotel. So it can really start to help you identify triggers or patterns that you might have previously not been privy to. And if you're someone who is already very conscious of your feelings in relation to those different patterns, such as sleeping in a hotel or having caffeine, might not be as beneficial. But if you're someone who has never thought to think, oh yeah, you know, maybe when I sleep in a hotel, it feels different, then an Oura Ring can be a great tool to help you pick up on what exactly is different about your sleep in a hotel room. Does it take you longer to fall asleep, meaning greater sleep latency? Do you find that you get less REM, less deep sleep? Is your sleep less restful and you're more restless throughout the night? All are really great things to help you pick up on and ultimately to use to improve your overall sleep quality. All right, the next column is what are some reasons not to get an Aura Ring even if you think your sleep needs improvement? Because I want to be as unbiased as possible. I do wear an Aura Ring. That is a bias there, but I am also biased toward giving people the tools I think they need to receive their results. So I'm biased toward getting you the results you want, in this case, improving your sleep. 
So the first reason and probably the most important reason to not get an aura ring, even if your sleep needs improvement, is if you haven't addressed the low hanging fruit of sleep hygiene. Let's walk through an example of that. If you go to sleep one night at 7 p.m., the next night at 10 p.m., the next night at 8 p.m., the next night at midnight, and there's no real routine to your sleep schedule, that's one of the first places I go with people to start working on improving sleep hygiene. Because when you're going to bed at just those different times, even if, and same thing goes for your waking up. If one day you wake up at 5.30 a.m., next day you wake up at 7, then the next day you wake up at 6.15, the next day you sleep until 9. You know, our body loves routine to a certain degree. So if you're varying it up that much on a day-to-day basis, that can create a lot of hormonal havoc and just a lot of feelings of unrest and lack of energy during the day. And the rule of thumb, again, it's a rule of thumb, so there's a lot of individual variability here, but the rule of thumb is to try to keep your sleep-wake cycles within an hour. So if you go to bed at 11, try to keep it within that same hour or within an hour of that time frame every night. Same goes for you wake up. If you wake up at six, you should try to keep that within an hour and try to not, try to not, or minimize the amount of days where you're getting up before five or after seven to keep it within that hour time frame. Other low hanging fruit is how late in the day are you consuming caffeine? People mostly think of coffee, but people who have diet sodas or even certain kinds of teas late in the afternoon or in the evening, that is one of the other first places I go with people if they're having sleep struggles is where is your caffeine consumption coming from? And again, there's there's so much data, both in the podcast space and in the literature on the detrimental effects caffeine can have on sleep. Not saying caffeine is detrimental to all sleep. I'll even talk about my own personal experience and data that I got on the aura ring looking at my caffeine consumption. But if you're having it that late in the day, that's something to go after. And I think these are all reasons to not get an aura ring because you're almost, you know, I know you want to, we're trying to improve your sleep. So I don't think spending all that money on the aura ring and obsessing over it is going to give you more bang for your buck compared to working on that sleep timing, working on that caffeine consumption. You know, how cool is your bedroom at night? If your bedroom's at 77 degrees, that partially may explain why you're waking up so many times throughout the middle of the night. If you're drinking a, a gallon of water or having a large meal right before you go to bed, that can also explain why you feel restless and why you're going to, to pee three times in the middle of the night. Again, if you haven't addressed these foundational aspects of sleep hygiene, I really don't think it's worth for you yet to get an aura ring. The second reason, and this actually kind of describes me, if you're someone, or used to describe me, if you're someone who's easily frightened by getting feedback, let's unpack what that means. Say you wake up and you're feeling all, and you feel pretty good, but then you check your aura ring sleep score because you get a sleep score from zero to hundred and it says you got a 68% or 68 sleep score. And if you're someone who's prone to seeing the number and automatically going into freakout mode, then I would be very cautious about obtaining an aura ring. I was just speaking to a woman yesterday who was a little frightened with her fasting glucose levels. Rightfully so, because you hear a lot of things in the media about, oh, if your blood sugar is high, you might have diabetes and then you'll lose a limb. Lots of different <laughs> connections happening there. But it, then when you're asking, I was asking this woman, do you have any of the, the classic symptoms of hypoglycemia or blood sugar issues? And it turns out she really doesn't. So sometimes we get too myopically focused on a number at the expense of how we feel. So if you're someone who tends to obsess too much over numbers, 
then that could be a potential reason to not get an O-ring if your sleep needs improvement. Lastly, and this one seems kind of obvious, but it's still, I think it still needs to be said, is if you're not going to take it seriously or you're not going to do anything with all that data, then don't buy it. <laughs> you know, there's part of the reason that I actually have one myself, full disclosure, is my fiance purchased an O-ring and she, she was pretty self-aware enough after a week to go, you know what, I don't think that I want to use this information and I don't think I'm going to do anything with this data. So she made the right move to stop wearing it because if you're not going to do anything with the data, then you're just sort of wearing it to wear it, in which case she gave it to me and I'd actually wanted one for years and for whatever reason, never pulled the trigger. I'll talk about this later on, part of it because I didn't think my sleep was that great. So that wraps up if your sleep needs improvement. Now we're gonna move on to the people who want to optimize sleep. I would probably say for the people I work with, it's probably 50-50 as in 50% of the people I see really wanna optimize sleep and the other 50% need improvement in their sleep. So it's a really cool dichotomy for me to work with people on those different ends. And the first reason to get an aura ring if you want to optimize your sleep is if you're someone who's almost too aware of what's going on inside you and you need objective feedback to say everything's okay. And this one was me to a T. Like I said, I hadn't pulled the trigger with an aura ring yet because I thought my sleep wasn't fantastic. So I didn't want to further reinforce that I wasn't getting great sleep. But after I've been wearing it for eight months now, and I found that my sleep percentages, my sleep stages, my sleep scores are actually overall better than what I thought they would be. So from that perspective, me receiving more data was almost helpful and it reinforced to me that, hey, you know, everything is okay and there's nothing to immediately worry about with my sleep. Is there still room to optimize? 100%. I don't think I've ever met somebody who has fully optimized every last little bit of sleep and I think it's kind of healthy or maybe not healthy, but if we're always, or we have this bigger goal in mind, knowing that sometimes you may not hit that big goal, but if you're always working at it, then, you know, and it's fun to pursue that goal, I think that's fine. So to sum it up, again, if you're someone who feels like data will actually help you feel better compared to maybe you're worrying too much about your sleep, that could be helpful. And this second point goes off what I just said. If you're too aware of what's going on in your body, if you focus too much on feelings, sometimes it can be really useful to have that objective feedback to say, hey, you sleep fine, your heart rate variability is good, your HRV is pretty consistent, caffeine doesn't affect you as much as you thought you did. And that was another thing I'm gonna put in a little personal story here, is I really wanted to see how caffeine affected both my heart rate variability and my sleep scores. So what I did is I made a little table and I can even link to this in the show notes. I put a link or I made a little table of days of the week that I consumed caffeine and compared that with my overall HRV and my sleep score. So I had over the past eight months, I've had eight weeks where I've consumed caffeine every day. I've had two weeks where I've only consumed caffeine once a week. And what I did was I tallied all those up to see if there was a trend. And what I thought would happen was that the days of the week that I had more caffeine, my HRV would probably go down, right? Because as you're adding more caffeine, it's a mild stimulant and it can be somewhat of a stressor on the sympathetic nervous system. So you would think my heart HRV would be worse or would be lower. But as it turns out, my HRV was has actually been incredibly consistent <laughs> across the board, whether I have 
an average of one cup of coffee a week or an average of a cup of coffee every day. It's it's the same score. And to me, this was very helpful to remove some of the fear around caffeine because there's a lot of fear mongering regarding sleep and caffeine, which is why I love working with individual people because then you really start to see, oh, it does caffeine affects this person, but it doesn't affect that person. Same thing went for my sleep score. My sleep scores were equivocal across all different frequencies of days a week consuming caffeine. So whether or not I had a week where I consumed caffeine every day versus a week where I consumed caffeine once, on average, those sleep scores were the same. <laughs> so this for me is probably the biggest insight that I took away, that I've taken away in the eight months of wearing the Aura Ring, is that caffeine has little to no effect on my sleep or HRV. And granted, I don't really consume that much caffeine. You know, I'm the person who, if I get a 16 ounce cold brew, I'll drink it over a week. <laughs> so like I'm, I'm so sensitive to it that it's probably a net benefit that I, you know, have my six or seven sips of a nitro cold brew a day and, you know, and move on from there. Another reason to get an Oura Ring if you want to optimize is if you just really wanna know. If you're just someone who's curious and that's kind of like how I was. And you just have such a genuine curiosity that you're like, you know what? I just really would love to know. Then get yourself an aura ring. Sometimes it is cool to have more data to look at as long as like we talked about before, you're not someone who's going to obsess too much on data and turn it into a less than ideal situation. And the last thing, and this is what I was just talking about with myself, to get an aura ring if you want to optimize is to confirm that everything is fine. Everything is okay. Nothing's bad. It's going to happen. We're going to make it through this. And for me, it was, it's been very reassuring to know that everything with my sleep is fine. Coffee isn't causing me to go into sympathetic overdrive and I can live just fine having caffeine and still sleep. And the last table here on the two by two diagram is reasons not to get an aura ring, even if you want to optimize your sleep. And we've touched on these a little bit. The first one is just, if you have a tendency to over rely upon data, I would not recommend getting an Oura Ring because it is so cool how much data it gives you on a weekly, daily, monthly, and even a yearly basis where you can do a lot of these comparisons and add these different tags, like I talked about caffeine and sleeping in a different bed to see what happens. I think sometimes for some people, it's just too much. It's giving you more noise than actual answers. And this is something I see a lot with different testing and functional medicine. I talked about this on a previous episode about part of the reason that functional medicine is too expensive is because there's this over-reliant on testing, which just creates too much noise and it's hard to find the signal through all that data. And I think you can definitely experience that from having an aura ring if you haven't fully dialed in on your sleep. If you're someone who just knows that you don't do well, the more data and information you have, I would consider maybe not purchasing it, or first at least telling yourself that, hey, I'm not going to obsess over this data. I'm just going to take it for what it is. It's just data. It's just another form of feedback and go from there. The second reason not to get an aura ring, even if you want to optimize your sleep, is if your sleep routine is pretty consistent. And to be 100% honest, this was also me. And this was part of the reason I didn't get an aura ring is because I was already very aware of the things that did and didn't improve my sleep. I was very conscious of when I was consuming caffeine, stopping it 12 hours before I wanted to be in bed, not working out too late in the day, not having a large meal, making sure my temperature in the room was cool enough. And I actually, you know, this could be an episode 
entirely in and of itself, but I recently, or I say recently, about a year and a half ago, got a chili pad, or it's now called a sleep me. That has been the biggest game changer for my sleep. So I already do so much for my sleep routine, and I make that a very big priority. So you could even say that maybe it it wasn't even hasn't even been worth it for me to get it because nothing really changes in my sleep routine. I keep things so regimented, which you know I probably should make that fairly adaptable. But I keep things so regimented that it's almost not worth seeing the information because as I told you guys, told you all previously, my HRV and my sleep score is essentially the same <laughs> across every single week. There are random weeks where I travel and we I go back to Virginia and I sleep in a different bed and then things are a little different. And actually, one of the first things that I noticed, so the first time that I wore the ring and only had caffeine once a week, about every month, a month and a half, I like to go at least five to seven days without any caffeine. The first time I did that wearing the O-ring, I saw a significant drop, drop in my HRV. And again, typically you would associate not having caffeine with your body being able to recover better because there's not a, a sympathetic stimulant. But that's where you always just have to think about yourself. And if you're working with people, think about that person in front of you as an individual because my HRV went down. So if I showed my HRV that week, they would say, oh, don't do not do that again when it's I didn't have caffeine. So it's it was very weird. It's a trend that I'm still trying to double click on and I'm still playing around with to see if that's actually something or is that just a bunch of noise? So the last reason not to get an O-ring, even if you want to optimize your sleep, same thing with the people that need to improve it if you're not going to do anything with it. And some of you out there are probably saying, well, duh, Nick, this goes without saying. But I think you need to have a very serious conversation with yourself before per, before thinking about getting one and say, look, am I actually going to take the time to make changes based on the data I'm getting? And if the answer is no, that's completely fine. And then I wouldn't get it. And if you're very self-aware to know that, hey, I'm actually going to make changes based off this information that I see, I'm going to go ahead and purchase the ring. For me, it's been very weird because I haven't seen variability even though I track so many things. So I'm almost in this weird purgatory where I'm, I've even, I'll be honest with you, I've played around with not wearing it. Because like I said, I haven't really picked up on anything that causes it to be that variable, which, you know, to probably some extent I should be grateful for. But at the same time, I, I want to still pick up on patterns and trends because I know we, we always should be in that mindset of learning and there's different things we should be open to. But I just haven't found too many things yet that really cause massive variability in my sleep. And I honestly, I don't really want variability in my sleep. So you could even put me potentially in the camp of, you know, I'm not going to do anything with the information because it's so consistent. So to answer the question in the title of this podcast, I really think the answer is no. And I think what you should do is, again, you can pull out or you can click on the link in the show notes to see this table and kind of see which box best describes you. And also, you know, keep in mind what other things you're spending money and time on in your health. You know, if you're giving your nutrition and your family connections and your connections with loved ones and your exercise habits, no time, effort, or energy, think about those as well. Because I would put the O-ring in the camp of something you don't need, but something can that can be net overall helpful depending on these different reasons that we talked about today. So I hope this helps you all unpack maybe a gut check moment you're having in your life regarding making a decision with improving your sleep. It can be really cool, it can be a lot of 
data, sometimes too much data, sometimes too much information, but sometimes, as in my case, it can be reaffirming to know that everything with sleep is okay. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your week, wherever you're listening to this. I'm going to go watch Alabama whoop the heck out of Tennessee. I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you all for trusting me to be a part of your day. If you enjoyed the show and found it informative or entertaining, we invite you to share the love by leaving a five-star rating or review on your podcast platform of choice or by sharing this episode with your family and friends. And until next time, trust in your gut.